Welcome to the Decon After Dark podcast. I am your host, Kevin, and I am here once again, as always, with my co-host, Lindsay. Lindsay, what's going on? Nothing much. I'm just pretty excited to bring back another series. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Okay, so it's October. It's time for the Halloween time, right? Oh, yeah. There's a lot of horror movies in the decom lexicon, and so I figured we might as well revisit one of our very first episodes and go check out Halloween Town 2. Calabar's Revenge. Calabar's Revenge. I almost left that part out. I guess I did because you added it. Um, (laughs) Today, we have a very special guest, one of our very good friends, your former roommate. We have Noretta. Hey. How's it going? It's going. I'm excited to do this. So Noretta, Noretta reached out to Lindsay and I and said that she enjoyed our Halloween, our takes on Halloween Town. And uh, she wanted to talk about Halloween Town, too. I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan of this movie. I've watched it. I remember, do you remember how much promise and hope I had, Lindsay, for Halloween Town? Yeah. I had never seen it. Saw it. I was like, it wasn't that bad. This one's Halloween more... Town is fantastic. Number one, absolutely fantastic. This one's more of what I expected. Garbage. Yeah, trash. <laughs> Hot <laughs> garbage. Noretta, Noretta, do you now reg- regret signing on for uh, Halloween Town 2? Uh, maybe a little bit, because I definitely <laughs> don't remember this movie being this bad, but uh, it was pretty terrible. Um, I have lots of uh, not very nice things to say about this movie. <laughs> okay, so before we get into it, um, let's go over what we talked about here. Uh, Kimberly J. Brown is Marnie again. Uh, Debbie Reynolds plays Aggie. Judith Hogue, who is who is she again? Gwen. Gwen. She plays the mom, but she wasn't. Judith Hogue was in something else that I uh, remember watching. Nashville. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. She was in. That's right. She was in Nashville. Yeah, the whole time you just called her by her uh, character name from Nashville. And, yeah, I forgot. And, that was a while ago. Now I forgot. Yeah, her name Tandy. Was. Tandy. And it was Tandy. <laughs> it was. I thought it was Tandy. Okay, so Tandy again. Uh, we have Dylan Piper played by Joey Zimmerman and Emily Roski plays Sophie Piper. Once again, Sophie was still the star, the breakout star of this movie. We'll talk about that too. Did you know Emily doesn't have a Wikipedia page? No. Huh. This is another time where the obvious star seems to have less notoriety. This happened in Alley Cat Strike when we did that one. It's happening in this one. What happened to the good kids in these movies? I don't know. They had sense and got out of the biz. <laughs> <laughs> that would that would be a good reason as to why they bounced, I guess. But I don't want to take too much time. I really want to get into this trash movie because I have a lot to say. <laughs> Lindsay, right. do you want to lead us into it? I do. So oh, our- oh, oh. Daniel Koontz plays Cal. Son of Calabar. Irrelevant. Whoa. Wow, that's a huge <laughs> spoiler right there, man. It's in the thing. I don't think this is, I mean, we're about to talk about it in depth for like an hour. Fine, fine. I wasn't immediately aware that it was his son. I wasn't either, but I got notes. So we're going to, we're going to, let's get into it. All right. So 
our heroine is letting the audience know that it's been two years since she's been to Halloween Town. And of course, we are blessed with some images of the original bus ride to Halloween Town. And so you know uh, I love a montage. And <laughs> every Disney movie seems to have one, even back in 2001. But this one was terrible. But see, even still, <laughs> it was a montage of the previous movie, the whole previous movie. And I was like, yep. oh, I remember scenes from that movie. Oh, I remember, <laughs> I remember that scene. She gives us a full recap of the movie. Just in case you didn't watch it before, this is what happened in the first movie I was in. And that's what she does. My only note about the opening was, hmm. (laughs) (laughs) You just wrote down, hmm. Okay. (laughs) Uh, So we're in present day, and it's Halloween town. Halloween town. It is Halloween. So that means the gateway between the two worlds is open. Mm Mm-hmm. Marnie is IMing on her desktop and she is complaining. Or something. Yeah. It's called Ghoul Chat. Ghoul Chat. I wrote ghoul that chat. down. <laughs> ghoul Chat. Okay. I don't know who she's talking to and that's never answered, but she's complaining that nothing's changed at her house and that mom and grandma just continue to fight. And if you remember, grandma moved in. Uh, to our real world with the yes. family. So to do the training for Marnie. Yeah. Aggie moved, moved from Halloween town to whatever suburban town they live in <laughs> to get so that done. As she's, I am on her computer, this large like apparition appears like this yes. face. So creepy. Appears behind her watching her. Was that Cal? I still don't know what face it, that it, was. It's Cal. Cal. But it's super creepy. Randomly in her house. <laughs> watching her. Just randomly, though. It's not super random, right? We know that he, he's our bad guy, basically. He's going to target her. It's, he looked it's, a lot older when he right. was a floating head. He looked, yeah. he looked like a different person, which is why I was so confused. Yeah, you don't really like recognize him when you finally see him, but yeah. So the face disappears when she starts looking around, sensing that somebody's looking at her. Mm-hmm. And um, just randomly, her Ghoul IM software is actually reading her IMs to her, which I thought was interesting. We don't quite have that, have that technology, technology no. really worked out well. Not, not yet, anyway. Not, not yet, at least, I should say. So Sophie calls to Marnie and to get her to come downstairs. And we cut to a Halloween party downstairs. So if you remember from Halloween Town 1, they uh-huh. never celebrated Halloween. So right. I'm a little pissed off that she says nothing's changed, yet apparently everything's, everything's changed. changed. <laughs> and it's so a big party. It's a huge party. There's so many people at this house. And like it's like the whole neighborhood. So one thing, I've, I've, it's a reoccurring problem. Kimberly J. Brown characters are liars. <laughs> i mean we could probably go on a whole nother well, podcast her about that quince, oh, yeah. her and quince is a lot of lies too but it's this just is just her thing she lies she lies but, they don't think this can, her she needs to tell the truth as an actress i guess no. <laughs> so she snaps her fingers and her outfit changes to robes and like a sorceress hat and Clearly, she's been practicing her magic because if we remember from Halloween Town, H Town, I'm just going to call it H Town, H Town 1, she basically did no magic and had no skills. 
So true. She can actually change her outfits now. So that's something. <laughs> Improvement. Um, Yes. Marnie tells grandma that it's probably not a good idea to give the neighborhood kids a spin around the house. I'm assuming that was like broom reference. Right. I, and I would assume so. It yeah, sounds like what else it would really be talking about. Yeah. Grandma's just been living with a bunch of fun sponges, basically. Like they're ruining <laughs> her every day, like every day. Well, she, okay. So she's now in the mortal world, right? And I think she thinks she can just do whatever she wants because she's a witch. I that's kind of like what I've got. She's also old too, right? Like old, yeah, I mean, that's the old people way of life. It is. Absolutely. Like, look, I'm this age. I'm going to do what I want, when I want, where I want. <laughs> so she's an old lady and a witch. You're right. You're right. Get off my lawn before I zap you. That's kind of like uh, how this, she feels. Right. Well, grandma tells Gwen, like, you can reject your heritage, but somebody has to replace me as the head of the Cromwell line. And grandma indicates that Marnie is that person. Super frustrating because we know that Sophie is much better. Absolutely. Listen, so, I I mean, I don't, I still don't know why Tandy continues to deny her right as a witch, but (laughs) she would rather be in this regular world. So whatever. Marnie's going to be the one, but. Like you said, Sophie, and Sophie even says, or me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or me. It could be, I mean. She, well, she said, I, it could be me. Honestly, She's wearing, Sophie's the better witch anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, Grandma's natural. just like, oh, yeah. you'd be good too. And it's like, oh, No. Sophie on. has like so much more genuine talent at it. Like there's just, I have so many notes about how much better she is. She's a natural. Sophie's a natural. Yeah. She doesn't need to learn Marnie anything. Marnie has to force it, man. uh so gwen takes all the costumes away from the neighborhood kids and they walk away disappointed so she's just absolutely still no fun yeah this is the part when she tells them to go play uh bobbing for apples or whatever right yeah Yeah, i think so like have you guys ever played that game no it's like the worst game in the world my aunt used to have halloween parties and she would have that game there um nothing like drowning yourself trying to get an apple in your mouth it seems pointless right because you're just trying to grab an apple in a thing of what water yeah and then (laughs) you finally get it your face is flush and you're like all right now there's an apple in my teeth yeah and now you're trying to like not choke on the apple and not choke on water so i get why these kids are so upset that they she took away the fun stuff (laughs) <laughs> it's you're waterboarding yourself why would you yeah basically <laughs> it's a terrible game i'm glad people don't do it now 2001 you know <laughs> well the sisters basically discuss that who's going after who because it appears that this is a regular occurrence where the mom and grandma fight and then they go to their separate corners and mm-hmm. then the kids have to talk them down yeah because because Aggie does not belong in this world under no circumstances. No. She should not live here. She shouldn't. No. Well, somebody's got to do the training because clearly Gwen is just not going to do it. Right. But Sophie's a natural anyway. So Sophie should probably train Marnie. I don't know. So Marnie should be mortal <laughs> and Sophie should take over. Yeah. 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 Basically. Yeah. I mean, I, I would get on board with that. All right. Great movie. That was it. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> we don't need the rest of it <laughs> so sophie goes to talk to grandma and grandma is checking in on h-town with her crystal ball mm-hmm. and she's peeping in on this guy named gort 
and he is the magnet of lost stuff. So, you know, all the socks from the dryer that go missing, those end up at his house. He's a magnet between both worlds. So he gets all of our stuff and all their stuff of lost stuff. Mm -hmm. But the thing that they really highlight is the fact that he gets socks. (laughs) Lots of socks. No, I don't. I mean, I've lost a sock in a dryer from time to time, but not enough that this should be the major plot point. Probably of the should guy. know where they are now. Well, I guess that's where <laughs> they are, but for him, it was such a major thing. Oh, I definitely have a bag of socks that is just like, I only have the one. So you need to travel to Halloween Town. You need to go see Gort and get the rest of them back. Correct. That could be your next uh, another podcast, The Adventure to Halloween Town to find my lost sock. Yes. <laughs> Um, Sophie suggests that Aggie go back to Halloween Town to visit since she misses it so much and Aggie indicates it would just be too difficult to really only go back for an hour because it sounds like she wants to be there all the time right yeah I I feel like that was a real one of the few deep things that were said was when she said that the longer you've been away the harder it is to go back for such a short amount of time right because what we do know is time travels differently right. across the two realms. So right. it, it would feel like, and they talk about this because Aggie says she just want, would rather wait another year because that's when she's going to be taking Marnie back to do her official studies. Cause she'll have graduated from high school by then. And she'll and, take her back for a whole year. Right. A whole year. But Sophie said, won't that feel like a hundred years to her? And yeah, it will. It will. Yeah, it happens. That's how the time works. Um, but Aggie says that that's, that's the commitment that she's going to have to make to be the head of the family. And I just wanted to point out that apparently that wasn't a commitment Kimberly J. Brown was willing to make. <laughs> <laughs> so Sophie, our magic, like, which with all in her glory... Sense danger. Yes. She has skills that like no other witch in this family has. So she senses danger and pulls grandma out of the secret room that she's been hiding in and tells her to hide the door. Right. There's a door in the middle of the wall that where grandma stays. <laughs> and she says, hide the door. And so she makes this door disappear out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. And then they could proceed to talk about magic in front of all everyone at this giant party as if they don't know what they're talking about i have no idea how every other thing i've ever seen magic is supposed to be like a secret i feel like this is a common theme in this movie though because it's not the only time that they have conversation about mu- about magic in front, in front of, like, of random anybody people. just yeah. anybody <laughs> it's just known they're witches and if they are how have they not been ran out of the town that's a great question <sighs> It just seems they're really open about talking about something that's supposed to be a secret. So right. it's right. Okay. curious. Go ahead, Lindsay. Sorry about that. No, Thank it's you. fine. Um, so Marnie's trying to talk mom down mm-hmm. and she's trying, like, mom's like, there are things that I want to teach you and magic doesn't work for everything. And she doesn't really get it right? Like she admits that she doesn't use magic for everything, but then she's like, oh, well, I mean, I don't, I don't use it for tests. Well, except for that algebra test. 
So, so she does use it for test. You're a liar. You <laughs> liar, Kimberly. Another lie. <laughs> so mom warns her that she can't live in both worlds. If she goes and spends one year in Halloween town, the mortal world will be lost to her. Like, which I don't even think she has any friends. Like it's never even mentioned that she has friends. So I'm not right. sure how much so she would not, be missing. Right. Not much will be lost. Go ahead. And no, she has a friend. He's a goblin thing. I feel like we're supposed to assume that the one girl that walks by her uh, at one point in the kitchen is supposed to be her friend. I think it's also the same girl um, from uh, later on at the party. So she has uh, one friend. <laughs> I, I think that we're supposed to make that assumption, but I don't. I, well, I did. I made the opposite of assumption. I assumed they were frenemies. Like I'm going <laughs> to invite you, but like I don't really like you. I don't ever want to talk to you. <laughs> that might be more the case. <laughs> so this conversation she's having with her mom is interrupted by Cal's entrance, and Marnie's immediately enamored by him. Okay. Oh my god, this is so pathetic. <sighs> so they're having a block party, essentially. A man. <laughs> with an accent and his son walk into the room immediately they say they just moved into town the same day as this halloween party they went to a party they weren't invited to they find it make a beeline for the host and their mother or the host and their daughter i'm not really sure who's hosting this party the father immediately starts flirting with Tandy, the mom. He <laughs> immediately starts flirting with Marnie, and I'm just supposed to believe that this is how this goes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's pretty random. Like you just got to town, and you're already like bringing what is that, like lime sherbet? Yeah, to yeah a party? lime ice cream because <laughs> green is his favorite color. <laughs> like. How do you know I even want Sherbert at my party? And then both of them immediately fall for these dudes when they met them for the very first time in this moment. A father and son duo. Yeah. Come on, bro. (laughs) Going straight in, fishing for deets on his relationship status. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, This is one of the... We're literally 12 minutes into this movie. (laughs) And I was already done. <laughs> this was pretty terrible because it's like weird people walk into my house that have never, never seen before. I've never not even seen. walking down the street. Not just never <laughs> seen, Loretta. Not just never seen. She literally <laughs> said, he literally said, oh, we just moved to town. <laughs> oh, so I, oh, so no one's ever seen you. Welcome to my home. Let's go on a date. <laughs> exactly. That's, that's not you know, scarier. (laughs) (laughs) It's not terrifying at all. No. Well, they're staring. So Marnie and Cal are like staring into each other's eyes in the kitchen. And that's when her frenemy comes over and hisses in her ear. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But that's when he, Cal uses the line, it's crowded in here. Maybe you should give me a tour. And she says, sure, stranger. Let me take you all upstairs into the no, rest walks, of my house. She walks two feet into, like, just outside of the kitchen and says, well, this is it. Clearly, she's never watched the ID channel before. Obviously not. No. <laughs> well, Cal, during the tour, is manipulating her by basically 
leaning in on that, like, he's his own person and his dad lets him do whatever he wants, which is playing into Marnie's feelings that mom is always controlling her actions, right? Because his creepy head was in her room checking things (laughs) out, apparently, and saw her ghoul chat, I am, or something. Yeah, well, he's... he knows what he's doing. He's got some kind of evil plan, right? Right. right. So that's the thing, right? These guys are so obviously evil, uh-huh. right? It's like painfully obvious, and Marnie is enamored by him. But I, the moment I literally have here in the notes, I literally have here in my notes that some dude and his son walk in. The guy has an accent. So he's very obviously the bad guy. Oh, the son's walking around with Marnie. He's the actual bad guy. Mm -hmm. I mean, they don't even try and hide how bad they are. No, no. The writers didn't even attempt to hide that they were the bad guys. It happens pretty quick. Like we're we're almost to the uh, unveiling of our bad guyness. Yeah. So in the background, just as randomness, uh, Dylan is shooting a shot. Shoot, 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 <laughs> this is shoot, so man. sad. <laughs> I have a um, note and I was all like, ah, oh, the boy gets rejected. He, How sad. He's like gotten so much taller too. <laughs> Dylan's so much yeah. taller than he was in the first movie. And I mean, Dylan shot a shot with a decently cute girl and the girl straight clowns him, man. She just... Is it the frenemy again? Yeah, it's the same girl, I think. Okay. So basically this whole entire setup is just to let us know that there's going to be a costume party tonight. And that there's going to be an unmasking at midnight at the costume party. So I don't know why he had to be rejected in order for us to know this, but (laughs) right. (laughs) I mean, he doesn't like Halloween. So she could have said no, but she didn't have to shut him down as hard as she does. Oh, she shuts him down really hard. That's nothing. I mean, I felt I felt bad for the kid. Yeah, for Dylan, because <laughs> Dylan didn't deserve that. Uh-huh. If, if he if he literally just asked the girl, "Hey, you want to go to the dance, whatever," and she's like, "Oh no, I'm already going with the Claudia or whoever that <laughs> other girl was." The Sorry, Dylan. And then Honestly, you're like, "Oh, it's kind of his fault though." Like he asked her to a co- like a costume party. And then she's right. like, you're not wearing a costume. He's like, yeah, costumes aren't my thing. And she's like, that's the whole point of a costume party. Yeah, she doesn't like, have a point. I mean, she still didn't have to be mean about it, guys. <laughs> he was being super awkward, too, though. Because like, I remember I was, kid, cringing whole, I was cringing the whole time. I was like, oh, he's going to do it. He's going to do it. Oh, here he goes. This is going to end so bad. And then my heart broke for him. <laughs> he's just an awkward kid. It is what it is. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, Marnie immediately takes Cal to her room. Super forward. Okay, so from a girl perspective, the last place I'm showing a guy I just met is my bedroom. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> would, you, would you have done that at 15 at a party where your mother's there as well? Yeah. And you met this dude all of two minutes ago. I mean, today the bets are off on that, but back then I probably would have been a little more... I probably would have been more likely to take a boy to my room at 15. With your mom right downstairs? Yeah, with a party going on. There's so many distractions. You just met this kid who just moved to town literally within the last five minutes. It's not like you guys were talking for an hour and then was like, hey, you want to get out of here? It was literally. There's a connection between them that cannot be denied. 
Come on, man. It would have never flown. Like, my my bedroom was on the main floor, so that's where the party was at. So I would have never gotten away with it anyway. I just just can't believe that she brought this kid upstairs. I mean, he is attractive. I don't care how cute he is, man. You just, you, he literally just said, I just moved to town. It's those eyes, man. They get you every time. (sighs) (laughs) Well, he's playing her pretty hard. Yes. Because... He says her room is so ordinary in comparison to her personality. And He's known her for five minutes. What does he know? <laughs> that's pretty, pretty blatant. <laughs> right. But that's all into the manipulation again to say her mom is the boss of her. Why is so, Marnie so dumb? Dude, she's yes, like she is. so dense. Like, I can't even, like, understand why they want her to be the head of this family. <laughs> Ugh. Bring shame on um, the family name, the Cromwell name. <laughs> well, speaking of dumb, she flat out says that grandma's room is more interesting. And then she reveals the door with magic before they exit her room. And she oh takes gosh. them in there. I literally put my head in my in my hands when she said that. I was like, you are such an idiot. <laughs> there's so many bad things. First off, it's not your room. Why are you going in there? Mm-hmm. Secondly, there's a magic door. Why are you just making it appear? <laughs> no one's supposed to know it's there, especially not strange boys That's you just why met. It's hidden. <laughs> but then you just make it appear for this strange boy that you just met, like Noretta said. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then you just go in there. Oh, not just go in there. She takes him by the hand and leads him in there. Oh my. And then gives him a tour of this place that is not your room. Right. Well, He's going through the witchcraft cabinet and Marnie tells him the difference between common spells and secret spells and secret spells are spells that are only known to the witch that made them up. And that's when he goes for the spell book, which makes Marnie super uncomfortable. And then she's like, ah, we should leave. So before she even gets to that, she takes him in there and tries to pretend like all of the, Trying to pretend like all of the witch stuff is, like, fake. Oh, it's for Halloween. It's decorations. Right. But it's, it's not, obviously. But she's... Why would she have decorations in her room? Right. <laughs> why? When the door is also, like, a dungeon-looking door, so it's obviously not part of the normal house. Right. Like, it's clearly not a decoration. Like, this is permanent. But this is all things we show a person that we've met for five minutes. Yes. I mean, if you believe those are decorations, then I got some uh, oceanfront property for you in the desert. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so then she's, she's telling him all about witch stuff. And I've known you for five minutes. Can't fight true love, Kevin. Can't, can't fight true love. Listen. <laughs> if- Marnie. Being uncomfortable about the spell book, walks out, trying to get Cal to go with her, and leaves and doesn't even watch what he's doing. So he shrinks the spell book with magic and slips it into his pocket before following her. So, so she's like, she stops him from checking out the spell book, right? Then she turns around and is like, let me lead you out of here because I know you were looking at this thing real quickly. So let me turn my back to you. So you can do whatever you are going to do, whether it be rip out a page, whether it be skim the spell book real quickly. Let me give you ample opportunity (laughs) 
to do my, something. This is my least favorite thing about this scene is because she's so concerned about him looking at the spellbook, and then she's the one that walks out of the room first. Yes. Like, come on. If you're that worried about it, shouldn't you have him go in front of you? So much wrong with that scene. I said, I have here in the notes, Marnie is being weird. This boy is for sure going to steal the spellbook because she is an idiot. <laughs> 12 minutes in, and I'm already done with Marnie again. Yep. Downstairs, uh, Alex, which apparently is Cal's dad, mm-hmm. and Gwen are serving the lime sherbet or ice cream or whatever the hell it was. And Cal says he's going to go home because he has what he needs. So, like, might as well leave, right? So, dad that I just brought here and we just met these fine young ladies, I'm already tired and ready to go home. You have a good time here. I'll see you later. Right, Alex. What sense does this make? Dad says he's going to stay and help out, and that gets Gwen going even more. Yes. Like, like they're oh, eating great. out of these dudes' hands. It's ridiculous. So Marnie seems, like, a little disappointed that he's leaving, but before he actually leaves, he talks to her about crashing the high school costume party, and then Marnie suggests if he went with a student that's enrolled, he wouldn't need to crash it. Could he have been any more obvious? <laughs> 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 I've been asked to dances before, and that was like so obvious. Like, how do you not even like realize what this guy's trying to do? He's trying to weasel his way into your pants. Marnie is re- <laughs> she's just so dumb. Marnie is just so dumb. I'm just so I'm so over her. Well, he says, I'll pick you up in an hour. Right. And he turns to leave, but before he leaves again, he turns back around and hands Marnie a rose and says, meeting you is everything I'd hoped it would be. Mm-hmm. How, how does this not alarm her immediately? <laughs> this, is what, this is the question I asked. I was all like, do you not have any memories? No. <laughs> so I didn't have any memories, right? Because I watched this a few years ago with you for the very first time. And I didn't remember the rose situation. So I was like, that's just creepy that this kid has a rose ready to go. That, okay, so even if you didn't remember that that was Calabar's move from H-Town 1, which right. it was, it's still creepy. It's still, it's creepy, still creepy that creepy. this kid pulled a rose out of nowhere and handed it to her. Right. Yeah. For this party that he didn't know about in a neighborhood he's never been to. With a and bunch it's a of real strangers. rose. It's not this like magic, like magician no. rose. It's a real rose. And even if you assume he had it in his pocket, it was kind of too well kept. Preserved? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh. So Cal walks away, but as he's walking away, like right as he rounds the corner is when Sophie and Aggie are looking around for this uninvited guest that Sophie knew was around, right? Like mm-hmm. she sensed the danger, but they just missed each other. So Cal walks to the H-Town bus stop and recites, recites a spell and then it opens this huge portal which he walks into. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, first of all, who knew that you could use a portal and didn't? need the bus i didn't so that's annoying um (laughs) back at the house sophie is pulling treats out of the old magic bag and that's when she discovers that it's empty 
Yes, and the bag that's never been empty before is all of a sudden empty. And all we think is, oh, there might be something on the fritz. It's never been empty. <laughs> Ever. So they tell us that the bag is linked to the Cromwell house in H-Town, and there mm -hmm. must be something wrong with the link. Mm -hmm. So they've got to go back to make sure that everything's okay. Uh, Grandma tells Gwen that she's going to take the girls out while she's deep in conversation with Cal's dad being distracted, and she almost lets it slide. Almost. Almost. And then she's like, wait, where are you taking them? And that's when Grandma's like, oh, I'm just going to take her home real quick. And that's when they start subtly fighting. And Gwen's like, well, Sophie's staying here because it's almost her bedtime, which pisses okay. Sophie off. I don't know if you can say pulling your child by her arm almost out of the socket as subtle. Because <laughs> she literally, like, grabs Sophie from uh, next to Aggie and, like, basically pulls her arm out of the socket to pull her over to her side. I think I was I thinking subtly as in, <laughs> we're not going to mention that you're going to a new, a different world and like, you can bring the older child, but not the younger child. Right. Like, yeah, I, I understand that you're now going to leave this world and you cannot take my younger child. I feel bad for Sophie. She gets the short end of the stick. It's like mm -hmm. that, like youngest child like syndrome thing where you don't get to do the things you want to do because you're too young. <laughs> uh, Dylan even makes a comment that they should always have a stranger around for family discussions because they just go better <laughs> <laughs> because and, Alex is standing there the whole time right yeah. so grandma gives Dylan a headphone which is a magical walkie talkie that look like shrunken heads yes Dude, these things are weird <laughs> yeah they're pretty gross yeah they are <laughs> uh Grandma says we shouldn't need them because we're going to be back before midnight. And then Marnie's like, no, we're going to be back in an hour because I have a date. Right. But my favorite part is that Grandma says we shouldn't need them. And then we proceed to use them the whole time. Yeah. Almost immediately. They become kind of a focal point after this. Yes. So the scene cuts and we see Cal's floating head again. Imposed mm -hmm. over a leafless tree, and he's just smirking. Like, yeah, yeah. it's so weird. Like, I don't really like the CGI. We <laughs> see him like, again over like this wooden block. It's the the one mm -hmm. the, where the pumping used to be. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Concrete. They yeah, yeah. They have a whole conversation while he's got his face there. Yeah. It's so they head down the street, and they notice that the bus stop is missing. So. Mm. Marnie tries to summon the bus, but nothing comes. So they summon the portal, and they walk through it, and they have four hours until midnight. Why do you need a bus if you can open a portal? <laughs> yeah, they freaked out about the bus sign not being there. I understand that you need a bus if you're not them, but why are they even looking for the bus if they can open a portal? Yeah. yeah. Unnecessary commentary, I feel like. So back at the house, Alex is still hitting on Gwen, and he asked her to the high school costume party to she chaperone. She says, we're not high schoolers. And he said, we can chaperone. And I'm like, right. you just got here. <laughs> Who are you? Your kid doesn't even go there. Your no. kid doesn't even go to the school. <laughs> we're just letting strangers, strange men on the school campuses. Yes. Yeah, Come on, you don't man. have any kind of like credential or anything to be a chaperone at this school. 
<laughs> Ridiculous. So as Alex is leaving, he bumps into Dylan and Alex starts croaking like a frog. And he quickly walks away and Dylan looks down and finds a frog on the floor. Yep. That happened. Mm-hmm. <sighs> so <laughs> <laughs> we're back with Marnie and Aggie and they walk through the portal and inside of Halloween Town, which is usually super bright colors, it's all gray. And yep, and boring. And boring. The jack o' lantern's gone and it's been replaced by concrete blocks. And Aggie says, with no jack-o'-lantern, there is no Halloween town. They stop one of the citizens, and it's one of the people that Aggie had checked on previously, earlier in the night, and she was fine. But now her personality is pretty much gone, and she's turning gray. Mm -hmm. Even as they're conversing, her bright, flowery shoes turn to gray loafers. Yeah, yeah, while she was talking to her. Right, so Luke bumps into Aggie and Marnie, and he's almost all gray. But he looks substantially more human than when they checked on him earlier. Mm -hmm. Because he's a goblin? Yeah. 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 (laughs) I couldn't remember what he is. Yeah, so he looks more human now. And, like, he, he notices the changes, but, like, doesn't really care. Right, because he's under the spell thing. Right. Aggie suggests that Halloween Town's been placed under a spell and everyone is turning into a caricature of humans. Right. And like, it's it's very obvious that a spell has been done because the guy told you when he was a block of the thing. Oh, we haven't got to the block of thing yeah. yet. So he tells you in a minute. So yeah. it's very obvious yeah. though something has happened here. Right. right. So I don't know why we're making it sound, oh my gosh, I think there was a spell that happened here. (laughs) Obviously, guys. (laughs) Well, they say to reverse it, you have to be able to say it backwards. But the only issue is we have to know what the spell is to say it backwards. And Aggie says, I have a similar spell in my book, but I haven't looked at it for years. So I don't know what it is. So they call the headphones. They call Dylan. You the headphones that they didn't think they were going to need? <laughs> right. Yeah, those ones. The same it's ones. been two they, seconds. Yeah, they used it as soon as they got there? Cool, cool, cool. Mm-hmm. So Dylan asks, uh, or she asked Dylan to get the spell book and read the spell, but that's when they realized that the spell book's missing. Marnie confesses she brought Cal into the room, and Sophie was like, oh, that must have been who I sensed. And Marnie's still denying. She's like, Cal wouldn't do that. He's the love of my life that I've known for five seconds. She's so stupid. And she's defending him. And that's when they realize that the portal won't open back up and won't let them back into the mortal world. Right. Yeah. And it's a trap. Shocker. What? Yeah. The trap. This is when Cal starts talking to us. And his voice is in, coming from the, concrete block where the jack lantern used to be and his face pushes out of these concrete blocks and we have a whole conversation with him uh the block basically tells us what happened in like the last 30 minutes right (laughs) yeah so he's a warlock he stole the book shocker um, wow, I had no idea. <laughs> he wanted Marnie to feel the connection because he could have taken the book, but it was more satisfying to have Marnie fall into his trap. 
right? Yeah. And that's when Marnie connects the Cal and Caliber, Calabar, and recalls the whole Rose situation. Now. It took her, how, it took her like, what, 30 minutes to realize this when most people would have probably put the connection right away. Even worse, Noretta. Even worse. <laughs> he said, I wanted you to feel the connection so that way it would hurt. It's been 25 minutes that I've known you. You've been gone for 15 of them. I met you 10 minutes for 10 minutes. You know what, Kevin? Sometimes love is at first sight, okay? But then for her to feel for her to feel so hurt. He wanted her to feel hurt by his betrayal. There's been no time. Uh, well, I, this is the part that I actually had to catch myself up because the whole time I thought it was Calabar. And then they're like, Calabar. Because she makes the connection. She goes, Calabar, you must be Calabar's son. And I was like, (laughs) wait, what? How did we get to Calabar's son? Like, So multiple times in this movie, I had to go, wait, how did we get from point A to point B? This was one of them. Well, yeah, because so Cal just writes off. He's like, oh, Calabar didn't want people to know I existed. Like, And then then basically Marnie and Aggie looked at each other and said, seems legit. So that's my issue with this part, right? It's like you, your father didn't want anybody to know you existed, yet you want to follow his teaching. I guess because that's what he starts ranting about, right? What kind of abuse was going on in that house? uh, Who knows? But the Cromwells, he's like the Cromwells dominate H Town, and my father's plan was to have, you know, the creatures rule the world, right? Right. And you stop that from happening. And I'm going to take revenge on your family because you fucked up my dad's plan. Yeah. It was a terrible plan. Terrible plan. So Cal extends an offer to have Marnie, Marnie join him on the dark side and mm. says that I can teach you things that Aggie couldn't teach you in a million years. I mean, she and, probably should take her up on the offer. Yeah, probably. She declines, and Cal warns her that the finale will be at midnight at the costume party in the mortal world. So, Marnie quickly changes her tune. So, she was, like, absolutely in love with this guy, and then right. five seconds later, she's like, actually, I think I screwed up. I think you are a bad guy, guy I met five minutes ago. Maybe you aren't great. Yes. So Aggie calls a cab, and if we remember Benny, our cab driver, the skeleton from H-Town 1, he is now in human form. And... Right. For some reason, they bring Luke with them. Yes. Even though there's no, there's no reason to do this. None whatsoever. I, I, I didn't really understand that. It's like he's supposed to be like the only one who really knows what's going on in the town. Or I just really didn't understand why he was involved in this. The reason we bring Luke with us is because we're idiots. Literally, <laughs> that's the only reason. Well, we have to have him as a character in the story. And in order for that to happen, we have to take him with us. But <laughs> the reason for taking us with that, there's no reason to do that besides to fill in the plot lines. Right. So we get back to the Cromwell house and it's lost all of its charm. Like it was like, used to look like a witch's kitchen, right? Just full of garbage and magic stuff. And now it looks like this 1950s house. So 
Aggie says she has a duplicate copy of the spell book and they have to find it. So they comically race through the house. Fast forward looking for the book. Right. The scene yeah. is so dumb. They're like yes. throwing things. Um, it's kind of play on that old like comedy like stuff that you would see like back in like the 90s or whatever, which I guess makes sense when this movie came out like right after 2000. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so he, Luke is turning, uh, he's turning more gray. Yes. Yeah. And he's becoming more human, but he still does not care at all. And then randomly, he's full goblin again. And <laughs> it's just, it's just like whoa! Man. Just happens. It just happens. <laughs> Nothing. So, like, like you heard Aggie say that you have to say the spell backwards. That wasn't done. Mm-hmm. Well, she not could. to our knowledge, right? So they they say it, it must be temporary, so that they could just wait it out, right? Eventually, the spell is gonna wear off, but they don't have enough time in order to hit that midnight deadline. Right. So she says, Aggie's like, I have not seen this book in decades. And that's when she realizes that it's lost, which means we now know where it is. Because Gort collects all lost things. Oh, what do you know? We happen to have checked in on that guy earlier today. (laughs) That guy that we just learned about. Yeah. So they head over because that's where we're thinking the spellbook's going to be. And we are back in the mortal world, and that's when Dylan and Sophie are filling Gwen in on all the problems that are happening in H-Town. Gwen doesn't want to hear about it. Uh, This is exactly her character in H-Town 1. She wants nothing to do with the wizarding wizarding world. (laughs) I'm glad all that growth we got in that first movie... Stuck. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, So Gwen's giving a lecture, and that's when Alex appears behind her in a frog costume. And he brought a hideous mask for her to wear to the party. Right. And he looks disappointed when she does not like it, right? But then she pretends that it's awesome. Dylan offers to babysit Sophie, and uh, that's when, like, they realized that nobody was taking any responsibility. Everyone was planning to go to this party, and Sophie was just going to be left there alone. <laughs> and uh, mom doesn't want to immediately let Dylan babysit. And <laughs> she goes through a list of girls, all of which have turned Dylan down. Right. <laughs> um, well, because she's like, Dylan, you've been excited about this party. What about a little bit of Lisa in your life? A little bit of Monica by your side? A little bit of Tammy's all you need? A little bit of Stacy's what you see? Like, he, she goes through the list, and he's like, no Mambo number five for me. None of those people are working out. And Mom's like, oh, well, I guess you could watch your sister then. <laughs> So we jump back to H-Town, and Grandma is warning Marnie about how awful Gort is before they approach the house. Right. And when they answer the door, he's wearing a suit, and Aggie is shocked to see this. This His appearance really kind of freaked me out, and he kind of looked like some of the post-9-11 photos of, like, the business people walking down the streets covered in gray soot. Oh, uh, Yeah. 
that's kind of what he looked like and it freaked me out a lot um i I didn't even make that connection but that's a really good way to describe that scene yeah i mean so gort is a black guy but they have like his skin grade Mm -hmm. it's uh that's just really creepy i didn't like it very much (laughs) neither did i (laughs) But uh, Gort invites them in to look at the books, and he tells them that they sold most of the stuff at a yard sale. And uh, basically, he's just focusing more on matching his socks, because that was the thing he couldn't get rid of at the yard sale. Mm -hmm. And eventually, Aggie starts to turn gray. And... she goes completely gray and that's when they realize that they're locked in. Cal appears in the fire. Oh man. His head again. And has this little lover's quarrel with Marnie. So Cal appears everywhere at all the same. What kind of wizard is this kid? Right. Well, obviously more powerful than Marnie. I mean, but not right. <laughs> I mean, we, we get to the, we get, not to skip ahead, but at the very end, he very anticlimactically loses. Yeah, but that's... We'll get there. We'll get there. So he tells her about his science experiment. Um, so his whole plan, basically, is that they're going to turn all the creatures into the masks that they're wearing, right. which is why his quote-unquote dad is taking her mom to the party and her mom is wearing an ugly mask. I had right here, I knew Alex the Frogman was setting her up the whole time. (laughs) I have that here in my notes. So yes, that's exactly what I (laughs) But not by his own will. Yeah. How's will? Yeah. Oh. So so as you know, I have not watched these films, right? But everything is so painfully obvious throughout the whole thing i have here my my notes um cal is still creepily hitting on marnie for no reason obviously cal is going to mess up the mortal realm for whatever reason this is stupid that's literally what i wrote down (laughs) yeah so yeah i mean the plan is to use a creature spell and the creature spell turns uh humans who are mocking monsters into the monsters they're mocking Right. So the plan turning, is to do that at midnight. And then turning the mocked monsters into mocking people for the monsters. Mm-hmm. So right. back in a in the mortal realm, Sophie's doing a little light reading on golem creatures. A little light reading, you know. <laughs> Which is uh that do the bidding of their masters. And then that's when she suggests that Alex, Cal's dad, is actually frogs. Marnie's nine. Cal's bidding. Sophie's nine. Yeah, she's right. nine, and she's smarter than all of them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Dylan is using his sensibilities, and he's like, "Well, mom hasn't dated since dad, so like, let's not ruin her date by telling her that <laughs> it's frogs. a frog." <laughs> and um, Sophie tells Dylan like he's a Cromwell, and asks like, "Do you really think like sent search inside you and tell me that?" you don't feel something's wrong. And that's when he's like, yeah, we got to do something. Right. So we jump back to Gort 
and uh, Marnie's looking for a spell hack, basically. And she comes up with time travel as a way to get around the spell that's trapping them in the house. And that's as Aggie goes full human as she dives in full force into helping Gort sort socks. Right. And Marnie reads the time travel spell and she basically jumps around a bunch in time before landing in front of Cal, who just taunts her more. Right. Like, he shows up again. We just saw him two seconds ago. Wasn't this when she also gets mad at him for messing with her spells or whatever? I, I don't know, Dutch. <laughs> well, I remember, because I think I was watching this part yesterday, and I remember in there, like, she yells at him because it's against Merlin's law to insert yourself into someone else's spell casting or something like that, and she's very upset, and then he's all like, nobody follows Merlin's law anymore don't you know what yeah yeah I do remember this I remember this and then she's like I can't believe you broke the law evil person (laughs) and he goes no one listens to the laws girl (laughs) no one listens to the rules of engagement for evil people Uh, well she tries to spell again which now she's back at Gort's but it's pre-yard sale and Gord is back to his smelly, angry self, and he tries to kick her out of the house, but she convinces him to help her by telling him about how clean his house is going to be if she doesn't get the book. Right. And uh, back in the mortal world, Sophie and Dylan are flying to the high school on a broom, and Sophie confesses that she hasn't quite learned how to fly yet, so she's just winging it. Mm-hmm. She, she does right pretty well. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so back at Gort's in the past, they're looking everywhere, and that's when Gort tells them that he sold the book 50 years ago to Calabar. Yeah. So you're telling me this book's been missing for 50, oh, time works differently. But what's the time, what's the time there? If she sold it 50 years ago, has, has Aggie not been to the house in 50 years, 50 Halloween town years? I don't know. Right. I mean, she said she lost it decades ago. Right. So it's just been gone. And then we went to go look for it at the house. We just thought it was, it's been gone for 50 years and we're just going to now, it's going to turn up. I mean, sure. (laughs) Well, I guess what I don't understand is if he sold it to Calabar 50 years ago and we used time travel to get here, why can't we just go back further in time? You would think. But Marnie realizes that the only reason um, that they stole the book out of the mortal world was to prevent them from undoing the spell. And I, that, that's it. Like, that was the whole point. <laughs> that's it. That's literally it. <laughs> um, so Marnie's feeling pretty defeated at this point. And uh, Sophie and Dylan have made it to the party by now. Right. And just in time for Dylan to get mocked some more by the opposite sex. <laughs> <laughs> and Sophie finds mom and they pull her aside and tell her about Frogman and that Calabar, Calabar's son or Calabar is pulling the strings. They don't really know what's going on, right? They don't know who's doing it. But Sophie shares her frog theory. And... Uh, 
we jump back. Lots of jumping back. So cut mm-hmm. back and um, Luke suggests that she's the one that broke the spell on him. And it wasn't, it didn't just wear off because of time. So they attempt to retrace their steps to figure out what she said. So I just want to point out that it was a goblin that figured this out. Correct. <laughs> Not a witch. Not a witch, but a goblin. So basically, had Marnie been second fiddle and Sophie was our main character, we wouldn't even have a movie. No. Because this would all be solved immediately. (laughs) What's this? (laughs) She would have sensed the danger. He would have walked in. He would have tried to hit on her. And then she would have been like, you are evil. Get out of my house. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) And now the whole thing's over. She would have never taken into grandma's room and the book would have been safe. (laughs) And then that's the end of the movie. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So they figure out that she said a part. And backwards that, that's trappa so, so that one word that's the spell that random word of a part was the trappa. spell that he used that's like when someone tries to do like a password protection on their phone <laughs> and then they put it in there like one two three four one two three five and you're like wait i guess you threw me off by throwing that five in there look at you <laughs> you got me he said i'm gonna hide the spell in the word apart it's just going to be in there. Go ahead and go with that. <laughs> so, yeah, how we got here, I'm not really... No. And when did she say Trappa? When did she say Trappa? Well, she no, Trappa because... is how to reverse it. No, when, so, when, so I'm talking about when, what's his face, this goblin, the goblin kid, Luke's stuff yeah. starts wearing off. So, like, what that happens at the house, right? And it's like, she's, like, complaining and saying to Aggie, we got to get out of here, blah, blah, blah. And I think she says, like, Trappa and then, like, has, like, a a thing at the end of it and so that's you know pick up on that sure that's exactly (laughs) all right Noretta (laughs) it was like it was two words put together and I guess that made it yeah yeah they had no idea that that's what was going on obviously but it it's a super stretch and it's terrible writing a very big stretch yeah but in this process of trying to figure out what our spell is, they've lost the time travel spell and things that are lost at Gort's disappear forever. Mm-hmm. So we're now we're like, now we have no way to get out of the past and they suggest that they just wait it out. <laughs> <laughs> and that's when Gort offers his uh, timeline, which he keeps in a broom closet and it looks like a Stephen, or it is a Stephen Hawking black hole, basically. Yes. Yep. And uh, they pull out a broom, and they go into the black hole, and they head towards present time, and, you know, perfectly land in a pile of socks back at Gort's. Uh, at the dance, Alex, the frog, has returned with his refreshments, and Sophie starts to question him and tells him about the seventh grader that is dressed as a fly. And she summons a fly, which Alex catches with his tongue. And Gwen gets like, now she's convinced, right? Gwen but, understands what's happening. Okay, and she why gets super take, pissed. Why does it take her eating a fly for her to believe her children? <laughs> like somebody eating a fly is what it takes for you to believe the things your kids are telling you. I have problems with that. Well, if my kids told me that my date was a pile of frogs, I, 
I don't have kids, but I feel like that's not something that I would immediately trust. But they've been trying to tell her about this guy since before she agreed to the date. Did did they? I feel like the, that Sophie had, like, her concerns about it, and then, like, uh, I feel like that they were trying to, like, make her see the error of her ways. I think they would immediately... Judging off of other Disney Channel parent issues, <laughs> there's usually a problem with the kids and their parents dating after the death of one of their other parents. <laughs> That's very true. So, part of that could be like, well, maybe my kids don't think he's a frog, but they just don't want me dating anybody else. But luckily, she gets on board and she is immediately game and she turns him into a pile of frogs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So she tries the headphone and the headphone tells her that she is 400 years out of the dimension. So they went back in time. They, they went really far back, right? Like right. they disperse through the crowd to look for Cal because the countdown for midnight is starting and the entire crowd is counting down like it's new year's Eve. I've never done this on Halloween. Yeah, I, was, I was like, what is going on? Like, we're doing a countdown for Halloween ending? <laughs> the end of the- <laughs> I can't wait for All Saints Day. <laughs> let's go. Like, and let's not forget about the fact that they're having this entire conversation and using those headphones in the middle of a crowded party. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Oh man, it's so loud. It is loud, and the the mouth moves. Yeah, the mouth mm-hmm. moves on the headphones, and nobody cares. Nobody's paying attention. <laughs> so Cal is up in the rafters, and he notices that Gwen isn't wearing her mask, so he magics it to her face, so she can't get it off. Ugh. Uh. So Marnie, who lands in sock pile, they cut it really close. Uh, she ungrays her grandma and they're able to open the portal, which instantly closes because it's Mm -hmm. midnight. (laughs) Right. And that's when Cal drops from the rafters and finishes his spell, which is turning all the costume creatures into actual creatures. And, uh, Marnie has a complete meltdown and she basically says like, okay, well we could, basically take the next year to train you so that you're ready to face Calabar once the portal opens back up. Mm-hmm. Well, that's going to feel like a lifetime, right? And right. meanwhile, all of these creatures are going to be roaming the earth. That seems like that a bad year. idea. That was never really a plan. No. So Marnie calls Sophie on the headphone and asks for her help to open the portal. And Dylan asks, like, what is he supposed to do? And Sophie's like, just stop thinking and just feel it. So now we know that Sophie definitely could have been doing Marnie's training. (laughs) (laughs) And Marnie asks for Luke and Grandma to believe in her. And they all take hands and they create a spell together, which they recite in in the mortal world and in H-Town. And they repeat it. The biggest Which opens problem the portal. I've had for this whole movie is why do they know things on each side? Why do they have... were using the headphones? Sure, sure, sure. That's what we're doing today. We're going to say that the headphone <laughs> yes. has been the headphone we didn't think we were going to need at all. Correct. That they one. just know things on each side from each other. Mm-hmm. 
Because they just should... have to... Kevin, stop thinking and just feel it. <laughs> <laughs> so they're able to open the portal, which like has been closed for how many decades? But because you can't open a portal unless it's Halloween. Go on. Correct. <laughs> so um, Cal's shocked to see her there, right? And just yells at her, basically. And uh, he offers her the spell book, but it's electrified with his, like, evil magic. Okay, you take the spell book. It was like he was playing hot hands with the <laughs> – you ever played hot hands where, like, someone has their hands out, and, they, and you put your hands on top, and they try to, like, reach over and slap your hand? Yes. Right? That's what he did with these spell books. He's like, I got these two spell books, both of them. I got these weird tentacle things. Can you grab it? Can you, can you <laughs> grab it? Go ahead. Go ahead. Try to grab it. Um, then immediately so, she grabs it. But how does yep. she become so powerful that she's glowing and able to do this? She goes Super Saiyan. Loretta, Loretta, it's like Dragon Ball Z. She <laughs> went into another. She, her power levels got over nine thousand, <laughs> and she changed into a Super Saiyan, and then she starts glowing. Correct. I mean, this is a girl who ten minutes ago couldn't even remember a time travel spell. Oh yes, oh yes, that same girl that she used several times. Right, yeah. that girl. She's the one that uh, became one super saiyan and ascended, and uh, is able to take the book that he yep. had in his hands. She snatches it right out of his hands, which causes him to scream and turn into a little ball of light. And yeah, so I, I did not understand that. Like, why nope. is that his response? <laughs> like, was there some, like, link between him and the spell books that all of a sudden when he doesn't have them anymore, he has to turn into an energy ball and, like, fly away? Like, Makes no I sense. I didn't get it at all. Makes no sense. <laughs> so Aggie starts reading the spells backwards, and they just run around, and they start turning all the creatures back into humans. All right. Gwen gets reunited with the family and Marnie says that like although they never may never stop fighting they don't have to fight over her anymore because of the portal being opened all the time she can come back and forth and uh Sophie just like Sophie does most of the uh H-Town reversals yeah <laughs> and I'm uh, with Sophie running through and so that's Trapper Trapper. <laughs> Trapper. Hey, Trapper. Hey, sir. Trapper. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, she even Dylan gets in on it. Yeah, she encourages Dylan to reverse Benny. So now, like, we've suspected that he might have power, but we haven't seen it. But now we know he does. Right. That was a whole discussion in the first one was she was lucky that Gwen was lucky to have two witch children. Uh, but it sounds like all of her kids have powers. And uh, the town's back to normal, and that's the end of the movie. <sighs> so, uh, Lindsay, mm-hmm. who won this movie? Um, gosh. It, <laughs> it has to be Sophie. Like, I don't... I don't know who else. Maybe Gort, because he got everything he wanted. Okay. Okay. Noretta, who won the movie for you? Uh, definitely Sophie. I think Sophie for me, too. Lindsay, do you know, know who lost this movie? I mean, so many people, Us. but... <laughs> we lost this movie. Okay, we had to watch it. 
um, this movie is stupid. It's- um, but Marnie's a loser. Dylan, oh, poor Dylan just gets shut down constantly. Dylan's a loser. Marnie's a loser. Ag- Aggie's a loser in this one. Oh. Tandy's a loser as well. Cal is a loser because he loses. He's supposed to be super powerful, and a game of hot hands takes him out. <laughs> his his fake dad's a loser because the frogs. They're just frogs, and it, it takes Tandy saying one spell, and then goes back to being frogs. His real dad's a loser because his son couldn't even avenge him. Loretta, <laughs> <laughs> who lost the movie for you? All those people? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think the biggest loser of this movie is probably Marnie because, like, it took her. The movie is what, about 90 minutes? Yeah. It took her 90 minutes to, like, basically figure out how to defeat a boy that she should have known who he was from the beginning. A boy she should have never let into <laughs> her house! <laughs> I mean, I can't say Dylan's the biggest loser because I feel bad for the kid. Like, right. Dylan, Dylan does what he could. He's, he's coming to his own. <laughs> but, like, you're right. Marnie should – this from the beginning, this is all Marnie's fault from the jump. We're talking about a girl who's supposed to be the new head of the Cromwell family. Which is a very prestigious family. So without a piece of paper. Come on. <laughs> so she's, she's probably – she's definitely my least favorite character in this movie. Oh my gosh. This movie is just absolute garbage. It's so bad. I'm yeah. like, I'm. This is like a, a thing where they're like, oh, that movie, the Halloween Town did so great. Let's make another one. And the, then they just like, it's, you know, it out in like a week. You can't even say that though, right? Because the first <laughs> one came out in like 98, 99. Yeah. This one came out in 2001. Yeah. And there was no other like movies they were doing like this yet. Mm-hmm. So this was like, they're like, oh, Halloween Town one was so good. I think we could hit gold again. I, did you know this got a 6.5 on IMDb? <laughs> this is 6.5 out of 10. I looked it up because I was like, this is so bad. In Kevin's world, it's like not even a one. I couldn't even believe it. I was so high. I thought that was high. <laughs> I mean, that is high for this movie, but I guess when you think about the people that are watching it, that they probably are just big Disney fans, and so anything that they put out can't be bad. No, 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 no. No, no. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I mean, we all know that we have a history with... Even uh, still, though. So so on one of our recent podcasts, uh, we talked to our good friend, Kelly Rose. Mm-hmm. And Kelly Rose went and looked up some reviews from parents. <laughs> there was quite a few positive reviews from parents one of them wrote, this is even better than Halloween Town 1. And oh, I almost dropped can't be trusted. I, obviously not. I, I almost, they should not be raising children. <laughs> I, I almost dropped my iPad when I read that. I was like, are you kidding me? Are you You got to be joking. There's just, there's so much wrong with this movie. Like, there, there isn't even a moral story. No. no. And they set you up for a moral story, right? Because they they go through the whole manipulation thing of mom's controlling her life. And yet that comes, it doesn't get resolved at all. No payoff. It has nothing to do with the end of the movie. It has nothing to do with the beginning of the movie. Mm -hmm. No, (laughs) none at all. It just has, it doesn't make sense. 
the only thing you can say probably about it is that uh, what Gwen finally says that they can go visit Halloween Town whenever they want or something like that. But even that, like, doesn't really take care of, like, this time. You spent all this time setting up, like, this, like, good versus evil and, like, her feeling like this kid has everything she wants and you don't address it at all. Not one, not one moment. <laughs> it's frustrating, to say the least. To say the least is frustrating. I feel like there's more I could say, but I, I, I don't even have the words. <laughs> well, I don't even have the words. I don't. And Cal's whole reasoning behind it doesn't even make any sense. Like, he, d- he definitely had a better plan than his dad. But my other thing is, if your whole plan is to change these creatures, these humans into creatures, so eventually... You, you, the world will mix, right? Mm-hmm. Because you now have Halloween Town creatures walking the mortal world, which means they should be able to cross back and forth. Right. Why would you do it at midnight as the portal's closing? <laughs> right. So, so that you have you to would... wait a whole year. Yeah. You think you want to do it before so that when the portal is open, you can bring your other creatures over. Right. <laughs> I've right. never been so frustrated by it. Decom. <laughs> well, I'm sure. Like, we'll we'll see what happens because you know there's more to come. So, and there's more Kimberly J. Brown in our future. Oh, you, so. oh, you say it like that. I forgot about that. <laughs> Halloween Town High. <laughs> Another. <sighs> <laughs> Kevin's so defeated right now. <laughs> I, I didn't even know. So you, okay, so would you like to know one of my biggest gripes in this film? Oh, you can actually pinpoint a biggest one? <laughs> I, so I, was watching, I like to watch these movies usually pretty late at night when I'm trying to get, get us all caught up so I, 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 we can record the next day, right? Mm-hmm. I fell asleep while I was watching. It, it was like 1230. It's fine. I fell asleep. I wake up and we're finding out that Marnie's not Marnie. We're, we're, when I fall asleep, we're doing the time travel part. Then I wake up and we're figuring out that she's a golem. That, that, that what's it say? Alex is a golem. Mm-hmm. Okay. There's so much plot that has happened. <laughs> right? I she thought I fell asleep <laughs> for a long time. Lindsay, I woke up and it had been eight minutes. <laughs> I swear, hand to the Lord, I fell asleep and I thought it was, I had missed like a whole half hour. I had missed eight minutes of story and everything happened in those eight minutes. How? There's no way. And and you want to tell me that it's because of the headphone? Sure. Not just you, but like the story. They're trying to tell me that the kids are all caught up, that Alex is a different guy. He's not a real person and that this cow situation is happening. The kids back in the mortal realm are all caught up and it took me eight minutes to figure that out. Come on, man. <laughs> Who's watching this? Uh, this is People definitely. Halloween town it's, uh... <laughs> that, that is just absolutely absurd. Yes. <laughs> Noretta, thank you for joining us this oh, week. Oh, it was fun. I had fun today. Thanks for having me. No, l- listen, I'm sorry. I know this was your idea, 
All right, and that's fine. This is I'm not even putting this on you. I would love to have you back to talk about a movie that's at least enjoyable. You know, it doesn't even have to be good, just enjoyable. Well, I mean, you're welcome to come back for some more Kimberly J. Brown and Halloween High, but uh... I'm, almost, I'm almost afraid to watch it because I can't even like tell you if I. So I don't even remember that movie. Okay, I don't so, either. So I'm like afraid. So we will have you back for Halloween Town High because you've put us in this situation. This is so, all your fault. This is okay. all your fault. So, I'll take the next, next Halloween, expect to see you for Halloween Town High. Uh, but we hope to see you before that. And ready of anything that you want to promote, anything you want anyone to see you at? Uh, you know, I, I didn't come prepared for that kind of a, a spot. <laughs> so, nope. All right, no happy problem. Happy birthday. Oh, happy early birthday, Doretta. <laughs> when you hear this, it's going to have been her birthday before, but it's fine. Make sure you like, just write a comment. You know, whenever you hear it, even I mean, if it's, it's coming out, but, you know, three years from now when you hear this, <laughs> yeah. make sure you say happy birthday to Doretta on Twitter or on Instagram or Vine. I don't know what's going to be around, man, when you're listening to this. Uh, Lindsay, do you have anything you want to promote? Um, if you are interested in a specific movie that you want us to do, you can hit me up at Lindsay at Fury Podcasting Network.com mm-hmm. and we can try and get that bumped up in our schedule. Yes. And you could also let us know if you want to hear about anything in particular. You can find us. We're on YouTube or on Twitter or on Facebook. If you go to DCOM After Dark Podcast on Instagram or DCOM AD Pod on Twitter, you can find us. Make sure you also follow us on Facebook. Um, there's a DCOM After Dark uh, Facebook page. Um, we're all on all places where you can find podcasts Apple, Spotify, Google. Hit us up at any of those places if you have anything you want to say about Halloween Town 2. Or if you want to ask about a specific movie that you want us to watch, you can also find us at the Fury Podcast Network. Um, so at Fury Podcast or Fury Podcast Network on Instagram. Those are all the handles. This has been this is this has been fun. The conversation. This movie was not. Yes. Noretta, <laughs> um, once again, thank you for coming. Oh, uh, check out. Lindsay's episode of Top 5 Goes, Top 5 Disney Channel Original Movies. (laughs) That one will be, it should be in your podcast feed right now when you check it out. So, check that out. Other than that, I think that's it. Ladies, you guys good? Until next time, yeah. Until next time, bye. Bye.